human emotion is a thing that can bring us together or tear us apart. Pain, anxiety, sadness, and the events that create them isolate and weaken us. But when we speak about these things together and truthfully, we find we relate to our humanity through our difficulties, and we realize we are not alone. In that, we find strength and the ability to not only change ourselves, but others, individuals, and even large groups. The psychology of resolving racism comes from that bridge of understanding. It comes from empathy. And in this way, we resolve racism, discrimination, and begin to stitch together what has been torn apart. Our ability to connect with and work better with each other. My name is Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman. I'm a clinical and consulting psychologist. I'm an executive coach and a professional speaker. Join me and my guests in the unvarnished and honest conversations about what make us different people. These conversations will change our thinking, our feelings, and ultimately the way we behave and engage with each other. These conversations are the missing piece to resolving diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. This is the Different People Podcast. So welcome back again to the Different People Podcast. This is episode seven. And I'm delighted to say that the individual joining me today for a really nice, I'd like to call them dinner table conversations, mm. is Dr. Gregory Pennington. He's the managing partner for Penpoint Consulting, Harvard graduate, somebody I really looked up to, still do. And I, when, I, when I look at your list of clients, I mean, you really have influenced, I'd say, America and a greater amount of the world in your leadership consulting, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, McDonald's. Cisco, Boeing, Best Buy, Home Depot, Porsche, Kimberly Clark, Verizon, Bristol Myers, and the list goes on. You've had great influence, Greg. And yet at the same time, the thing that struck me most about you, I mean, the thing that, that the story about you that struck out is when we were in a meeting. Sorry, I, I'm going off without um, <laughs> yeah, letting you introduce yourself. I'm just so excited to talk. Greg, tell us about you and your and how you identify and what that means to you. Sure. Well, first of all, just really glad to be here with with you. And as you as you're saying, we we met in other settings, and and it's uh it's always it's always it's just a great opportunity to just find some time to talk. Period. So I appreciate that to to start with. So how do I identify? I mean, that's that's really a long long list, and and. I, when I answer it, it's not like they're in priority. I mean, I certainly do think of myself and view myself and want to present myself as male, husband, father, you know, brother, you know, Black American, psychologist, judo player, artist. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and all that gets blended together because I think in, if you put two or three of those together, it sort of, you know, separates out you from another person, right? Mm -hmm. So what's a black, black male father psychologist? I mean, that's, that's all that really comes together for me. 
but but if the particular thing, given what we're talking about with the diversity, and I have this client who was going to present me as an African American, so so just as a real specific point, I really would describe myself as Black American, and part of that is because uh, sometime years ago, a, a person who was white white skin from South Africa said, "Oh, can I be a?" you know, an African-American, because I'm actually, so it's interesting when you get into the, the the connotations of any of those terms, but but also more seriously, the, the identification for me is more Black person of color in the United States. So I, I do appreciate that Black American is a slightly different experience from, you know, someone born in Nigeria and in America, someone yeah. born in you know, Jamaica and American, someone born in, you know, Kenya and American. So, so for me, the choice around the diversity piece and the particular diversity around uh, color and ethnicity would be black American. Yes, absolutely. That's interesting to see that because I'd be an African Canadian. Yeah. 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 So no, no perfect wording. Right. So it's always interesting too, where, you know, this, this climate, if I see someone either by name or by complexion, you know, you're tempted to say, um, what are you or where are you from? And in the, in the wrong setting with the wrong tone, it lands differently. But I, I think it really is, for me, more often a genuine curiosity. There's a story behind you. And there's some things that uh, trigger me on that story, just your last name, your first name, your skin color, you know, so there's a number of things that would be nice if we could comfortably have the conversation of uh, how do you, like you started with, so how do you identify yourself? Myself? Or what's your story? Or where yeah. are you from? Or tell me the story. Well, for me, it's an interesting story because like my identity shifts. Like when yeah. I, when I grew up in Dar es Salaam, which is in Tanzania, on the mainland, and my family's from Zanzibar, I just thought of myself as Tanzanian or Zanzibar, uh-huh. right? Like uh-huh. for me, who I was, was my culture. Mm-hmm. My family was from that. And it wasn't, and certainly in Tanzania, there were different communities and people mm-hmm. recognized those different communities, but we still saw ourselves as the same identity. Mm-hmm. And when I came to Canada, when I migrated here, the big question was, where are you from? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I said, Tanzania and people, but you're not black. Yeah. I "I know I'm not black, (laughs) but, but that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's my identity. Yeah. It's my identity. Um, I mean, in a more nuanced way, it's interesting. We talk about the concept of race, Greg, Mm -hmm. but for me, I don't know if that holds like outside of North America, it's a concept that's strange because I don't know what race I am. Like I have, mixed blood you know mm-hmm. where where do i end i you know i have mm-hmm. some arab blood i have some indian blood i have some yeah. east asian blood and i have some northern european blood so where yeah. where where do i yeah 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 and it kind of was up the question about is it all self-identification and and um and certainly that takes you into the discussion about gender identification and you know what's the role of science and and clearly we have this history where if someone said um in a negative way you know, an ounce of blood made you non, really what they're saying, an ounce of blood in the, in the U.S. meant that you were non, non-white. Non-white, and, uh, one drop. Rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but it's also interesting, you know, when I, I began to do some work with Native Americans, Indigenous 
people here in the United States doing a presentation. So it's just taking me to this other interesting space around a set of one of the persons organizing the event that um, I grew up with these stories that our family was part Native American. And he said, which, which nation? I said, uh, Blackfoot. And, um, but then when we did the DNA, couldn't find any Blackfoot blood in the DNA. Mm-hmm. And beyond the validity of that uh, type of DNA sampling, you know, what was interesting, Raymond, was he said that, well, you know, for s- some communities, um, uh, the identification comes from relationship. So if you um, were welcomed into that community, then that community says you're one of us. Mm. And so you could claim identity by virtue of your collective experiences, which yeah. is interesting, you know, kind of dynamic about it. And then, then we get, if we, you know, if we have the time, right, you get into this, this situation where if, there, if there's uh, plenty of things for us to share, then people cooperate. Yes. But then if there are limits of what we share, i.e. Um, opportunities to be uh, matriculated into a school, uh, opportunities to be hired, money in some other form or another, then people get a little bit more specific yes. and directive about, no, you, you really aren't one of us because we, we now got to divide up some stuff around the people who really are one of us. The scarcity mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much. It's um, it's interesting. And, and I, you know, being a Muslim, it's funny, there are certainly differences in cultural groups or cu- Muslims from different cultures. But if I go to a mosque anywhere, I feel at home. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, like, it's, like there's a community, a sense of community. But I, I think about a proverb, like an old religious proverb for our community. So the history of of Islam was that basically there was a great deal of racism mm-hmm. uh, prior to Islam. And one of the ver- first people to become Muslim was a black slave. Mm-hmm. And the story of Prophet Muhammad used to, he used to say, if you want to be an Arab, learn Arabic. That mm-hmm. in terms of identity wasn't tied to bloodline. Identity mm-hmm. was tied to culture and language and who you choose to be and where you live. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I'm not sure that it always holds in every space because especially in, in our current yeah. society, you know, that's, that's not the case. And we know there's great levels of discrimination based on not, you know, on, on visible appearance as well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I sort of take all that in the context of uh, what, in, what instance, in, what in, in what instances is it more important to focus in on the similarities? Mm-hmm. In what instances is it more important or some value to focus in on the, on the differences? And that, to me, is kind of the ongoing dynamics of, of, di- of diversity. We're, we're not all exactly the same. No. And in some settings, that's a pretty matter of fact statement. The reality is that once I start putting a different label on one person or one group compared to another one, it isn't just the, la- the label itself, it's the attributions of the label. So if you said, um, oh yeah, you're Muslim. Oh yeah, he's Christian. And one of those is, is uh, worse than another. That's mm-hmm. where we start getting into really the, the danger zones about appreciating differences because we clearly don't all look the same, think the same, you know, walk the same. So how much energy do you spend uh, really trying to be colorblind in, in the U.S.? And, you know, when those are some obvious, there are some obvious, obvious differences. And 
you know, uh, when are they important and when can they be leveraged in a positive way, but also when are they problematic and you need to manage uh, both sides of that equation. And when would you think they might be problematic? Oh, it, it clearly when the, if, if, if the differentiation, go back to what we said before, mm-hmm. you know, if I already determined that the scarcity, yes, right, and then I need a convenient way of dividing up the pie, dividing up the dollars, carving up the, t- uh, the, the land, the availability of housing, you know, being uh, tightly selective about job opportunities, all that stuff that's in the scarcity realm. And then if I, if I need a lazy way of figuring out, should I, should I choose Raymond or Greg? Mm. And um, all these things look very similar, educational background, work experience background, you know, that's, that's work to separate out what's really the differentiator <clears throat> between Raymond and Greg. And if I want to be lazy, I can say, you know, I'd rather have somebody who looks like me, mm. you know, or I'd rather not take a risk with somebody who looked like the, the one person who wasn't successful. That's yeah. what I mean in terms of lazy. There's, a, there's some layers of differentiation that really are valuable, but we, sometimes we just move too quickly, you know, ahead on that. Greg, do you think it's a conscious thing? Do you think people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, if you said, I mean, conscious thing, we're lumping everything together, right? So yeah. conscious, conscious in the sense that I have to make a decision. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we're not talking about instances where somebody says, let me just flip a coin and it's a 50-50 shot. So yeah. conscious and I have to make a decision and yeah. conscious and um, all things being equal, you know, how do I choose? We're conscious and uh, we're intentional about being more diverse. So let's, so all that's very, 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 very conscious. Um, but, and it's also the next layer of consciousness about, um, am I actually discriminating in a negative way? That becomes yeah. less and less conscious, but there clearly are some people that would say, that would say, uh, eh, Specific example, someone said, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could ever, I don't know if I could ever see a woman being successful, you know, as a plant manager in this coal fired plant. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly a conscious statement. And yeah. part, part of what that person is saying in their mind is uh, I'm wrestling with it and I'm wrestling with it because I haven't had that experience. And a little bit more subconscious, pre-conscious, I'm wrestling with it because I'm not sure if a woman's going to be as tough enough in that environment. So there's these layers of consciousness in that decision. Right. But the other part that clearly is conscious is that if you, if you had the data, uh, go back to another corporate example, company had, you know, uh, probably three, 30 openings for, uh, for an entry level position and senior level said, you know, in the next six months, want to make sure that we are, um, uh, making some progress on the percentage of uh, underrepresented groups in this particular job classification. Hmm. So six months later, you come back and you say, factually, we have 30 openings, we hired two. Okay. Hmm. So that's a conscious moment, right? Hmm. We had 30 openings and we're going to increase the number and they had target there. So factual and conscious recognition, observation that we didn't do we didn't take advantage of an opportunity that we had. What right. becomes a little bit more of the dance in that moment would have been uh, someone saying, well, yeah, I know we big picture. Yes, that's what we're supposed to do. I had an opening for a long period of time in a crucial position. So I needed somebody in the moment. So I needed somebody who was capable. 
that's unconscious, right? Yes. The, only, the only person I could find that was capable happened not to be in that targeted group that we we're talking about. Right. right. Conscious, I made a decision for myself mm-hmm. in my opening, uh, slightly unconscious in the sense of saying that I'm not taking responsibility for what we do as an overall organization, mm-hmm. right? If I hire this typical white, white guy, then someone else can do the underrepresented group, right? So right. conscious, unconscious, but certainly collectively not owning the responsibility or the target of let's increase the representation, you know, in our organization. And you talk about not taking that responsibility. Do you think people take responsibility? Like, I mean, I, do you think North America, particularly the United States, is taking responsibility for the things that are happening here right now? Oh, no, no. I mean, I mean so, so the, the unfair part of it, right, Raymond, is that, and it begs the question of, is North America, you know, an entity? Is the U.S. government an entity? So that's, that's the, always the difficult part of it. Is it, is it, the, is it um, a whole institution that's not taking responsibility? But even then, I think the answer has layers to it. We're much more conscious um, from last year to now about the impact of systemic racism on the organization. Mm-hmm. So there's a window where people say, oh, my God, what happened? Oh, my goodness, what happened? You know, we've got to do better. And then there's another wave where people say, I sort of get it, but I'm not totally sure about that. And then another wave that said, okay, we've had enough attention about that. Let's drift a little bit more. And then, then we find something else to be um, resistant to, which would be either systemic racism as a concept or um, critical race theory as a concept. So now we're going to push back. We collectively, you know, push back about uh, eh, who's responsible. If you said systemic racism, that sounds like a big institution is responsible. If you said critical, well, that's what I'm saying. And so they get that debate back and forth that I didn't own any slaves. Yeah. I didn't put my knee on George Floyd's neck. You know, I didn't call you the N word. Yeah. So that's the lack of uh, personal responsibility, which might be arguably factually true. But what's what's the point of raising it? If the point of raising it is to say that your picture of the world, Greg, is inaccurate because your picture includes me as a responsible person, culpable person, and I didn't do it. So your your picture is inaccurate. If that's the intent, it becomes unproductive. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So collectively, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm fairly conservative, I would say, compared to some other people you might have on here. So if you were to say uh, progress points, um, yeah, look at elected officials, look at the number of leaders and corporations that uh, were promoted to executive roles in the, since George Floyd at all. If you look at those and you ask the question, is that progress? Yeah. If you look at how many people did not, probably didn't know where Tulsa was in the state of Oklahoma, more or less Tulsa, you know, massacre. So education wise, more conscious, more progress. The Senate unanimously saying Juneteenth is a national holiday, holiday. followed by the House. You'd have thought opposite direction, right? If you're stereotyping. So there's the signs of, yes, let's take some responsibility. But clearly it's such a complex issue um, 
you know, reparations, right? Targeted percentages, affirmative action quotas. I mean, reverse discrimination, you know, crime statistics, who's responsible to increase the crime statistics. So I don't know, totally, have we made progress? I would think so, just in terms of awareness for sure. But with progress comes some resistance. Yes. So I don't, I, not unexpected, but some progress, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, you in some of your growth points, you sent me, you shared some quotes of things that were said to you when you think about progress, you know, and it's that pushback, I think, that sometimes can be the challenge, I think, for people. I know for me, for sure, that pushback can be a challenge. Yeah. You know, somebody said to you, I envy you being black when you got a, when you got, it was a scholarship, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or somebody said to you, if riots were led by somebody like you, I'd, I'd understand it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then somebody within our own division of consulting psychology seems like diversity is one person's agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, what do you make of statements like that? And how do you deal with them? Yeah. So there, so there's some interesting um, nuances of each of those. Envy you being black said in the context of being one of a small group of black students um, going into a, in the, in the, a private expensive boarding school. And um, back in the late 60s in the U.S., after a summer of riots and, you know, in one of the uh, peak moments about civil rights. So, so I envy you being Black. There's a layer of that that was curiosity. It seems to me that it would be fascinating to be Black at this point in time when so much attention is around, you know, that Black voice and there's such passion you know, around issues. So on one level, that person was probably genuinely saying, my, my cohort, my group is getting to be a little bored. I mean, we don't, we don't do much. There's nothing that really makes us excited. So to see somebody in a group of people have something to rally around, mm. I mean, that's, that's probably the intentional comment that, that he was, he was making, you know, the under the, the, the uh, unintentional one and the, and the sensitive reaction to it is, uh, you know, am I some kind of bizarre curiosity mm-hmm. event for you? And is um, that curiosity and my envy of you being black, one of those like uh, only for a weekend? Only for a weekend. Right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so that's that's part of it. You know, the, the one about if it was the riots were being led by people like you and you go from the 60s again, but bring it up forward here. You know, sometimes those comments are said, um, and this goes into something you and I have talked about a lot too. Sometimes those go- comments go in that bucket of, um, "I need to have, I need to have a safe one of you, a safe one." Okay. Yeah. So I know that you are, in this instance, Black American, and I know also you are. Here's a calculated comment: you are. Uh, one of the educated Black Americans, and you're one of the conservative Black Americans, and you're one of those Black Americans that at least for me is trying to figure out how to be a little bit closer to adapting to the to the broader society. There's a lot of permissive assumptions that go into that, that lead to end up saying that, oh, here's the short circuit of it. Because I know you're not crazy, yeah. then it's probably a legitimate reason why you would be frustrated. 
but those other folks yeah. that I don't know that I'm less comfortable with that probably haven't been as thoughtful as you have been, those, they have no real reason in my view to be rioting. So it's that, and there's a layer of it too, Raymond, that where sometimes an, or a person, person, organization, institution, you know, needs to or thinks they need to separate out the, the underrepresented group. So I well, need you, Raymond, to, to go communicate this to the rest of your, your folks. Well, that's the thing is, and that's what we, that was the thing that I wanted to start this thing with. And I think we're going to, I want to continue with our next section here, but the idea of being the good one, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. like the good immigrant, the good Muslim, the moderate Muslim, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and there's terms attached to people like us, right? Like yeah, that are not always very polite or kind. Yeah. yeah historically much more, much more, um, a raw, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. and, and those are the things that I think you know that that I think we carry both the weight of of making sure we represent our people well, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. at the same time the frustration of needing to, you know, and that somehow we're given special status. At least in my perspective, you know, it's just it's yeah. it's, it's a mixed emotion sometimes, you know. Yeah, and what's the room that 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 you're allowed to be? that part is genuinely you. So yeah. what's your version of being, you know, um, you know, who you are, Muslim, Tanzanian, I mean, what Canadian, what's your version of that versus yeah. in the moment, I need you to represent my version of that. So. Yes, absolutely. I want to end on that note. And I want to pick up on that note, on okay. the sense of yeah. genuineness and being who we really are. I want to thank you so much again uh, for joining us. For those of you Uh, listening. Thank you for listening in and join us for episode eight with Dr. Pennington in just a few weeks. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for sitting with us through this conversation. The Different People podcast was made possible through collaborations with committed and talented individuals. This includes post-production by jonathanlay.net, graphics and web design by Mukhtar Jundi of MJ Designs, and of course, the wonderful guests that make these conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion possible. If you'd like to learn more about myself, my work as an executive coach and professional speaker, and an expert on diversity, equity, and inclusion, visit leadwithdiversity.com.